Welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason here in Brooklyn. I'm congested. Joined as always by John, who's abroad in New Zealand. What's going on, John? <laughs> Not much. Hanging out. Mm. Engrossed in this submersible craft story. And oh all about God. submersible crafts. It's a, oh. it's a morbid curiosity that I think has caught the world. Yeah. Um, for yeah. until Until it was immediately caught, until the world's attention was immediately caught by whatever the hell is happening in Russia right now. I didn't even know that. What's happening in Russia? I have not. Oh my god! Seen you don't know what's. Wow. No, okay. I, so... I mean, I, w- I woke up like a, like like thirty minutes ago, so I have no idea. Oh man! What's going on. Uh, when when did you go to sleep? How many hours ago? Uh, ten. Ten hours ago. Maybe. Okay. So before that, eight hours ago. Eight, basically, nine, this ten? started last night. This started probably about I don't know eighteen hours ago. There was uh, basically the Wagner Group. Who is oh a, wow yeah a, I see this big giant and I'm, spe- and I'm speaking headline. in kind of I'm speaking fast and loose here right but the so I'm gonna probably say some ing- incorrect shit but in a nutshell the Wagner Group which is a private military company that is um, basically employed by the Russian government their leader basically went <laughs> went on a, went rogue <laughs> in a way last uh, last night. Uh, U.S. on uh, Eastern Time, and he was uh, Eastern Central Time, Eastern Standard Time, and he was basically saying, "Hey, it was like blasting information to uh, to Russia, being like, look, we're evading these guys under false pretenses. They were never going to attack Russia, and as a result, and they bombed us, and and the Russian government has like has hit our guys, and as a result, we're on our way to Moscow. So <laughs> there was like borderline civil war for the last eighteen hours in Belarus." Anyway, Right? No, 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 no. This was in Russia. They turned around from Ukraine, basically occupied certain territories within Russia, then made their way to Moscow. They were about an hour out of Moscow. And then they, uh, and then as of about maybe three hours ago, he's like, all right, never mind. We're done. And then the Kremlin's like, yep, we're all good. Uh, they're not. They're going to stop attacking, and that lead guy is going to go to Belarus and not face charges. And that's it. <laughs> that's where we're at. <laughs> wow. But for the last for the last twenty four hours or so, over the last eighteen hours or so, there was like legitimate upheaval in Russia, and like a legit threat to Putin's regime, or seemingly so. But the way media coverage comes out of Russia, you never really know what's true, what's actually happening. So at this point, there's nothing really to talk about other than having wild speculation. But the next, uh, but it's going to be very interesting for the next well, few days well, as so this I guess whole, it's over, as the right? dust settles. It's over. Like I'm running CNN and yeah, like it's kind of for over. Now, for yeah, now. that's what I'm like, saying. It's like, <laughs> yeah, because the head guy, he's who's like apparently a criminal previously, which is his history is I mean, crazy. Sure, like, <laughs> it's like okay, this this is like some hunt for Red October shit. So like, <clears throat> you basically have this guy who's like, hey, fuck this guy, I'm gonna go make a run at the government, and then within 24 hours, being like the government being like, all right, he's cool, um, they're done, and he's gonna go to Belarus. We're good. It's like, wait, what? What are you talking about? What just happened? What about the last 24 hours? Anyway, that guy's going to probably end up being shoved out of a window <laughs> within the next week. You think um, so? Or do you think they're going to send him to Belarus to go like, well, if you want to go take something over, go take <laughs> that over. Go throw that government, right? Like well, if you're he, Putin he, and this guy like comes this to you the and one goes. Guy, no, that guy is going to Belarus, not the Wagner group. That guy. The Wagner Group, they still need the Wagner Group. They need them to fight so their wait, war So wait, so the Ukraine. Wagner Group, so like as soon as they remove the chief, they just put yeah. someone else in charge. But like the rest of the group was down to was was down to clown for this, right? They were they were in. Well, yeah, they were doing what he was saying. They were like, yeah, great, they're right. We're we were lied to. This is this isn't. It's allegedly over. This yeah, so isn't. That over. can't be over. This then, is right? not. It's not. It's yeah. not over. The genie's like, out of the this guy, It, it all depends on his, yeah. if he sends his his underlings a message like, "Hey, look, guys, sign a real nice deal. Putin just made me a billionaire. He's gonna send me the Belarus and the and like you know I'll probably get shoved out of a window, but for now, pretty good. Yeah, and they're they're, yeah. they're gonna be like, well, wait a minute, like should <laughs> we just overthrow whoever they put in? Because right, this is kind of privatized military. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. like, who, who's in charge of the Wagner Group now? Great question. I don't know. <laughs> so he he ordered the fighters to go back. But yes. who knows that the next guy doesn't come up and go, you know what, guys? Let's turn around. 
he told us to go back, but uh, <laughs> but he's not in charge anymore. Yeah, uh, this it's some wild stuff. I'm hoping that wow, this kind of chaos in Russia leads to some sort of slowdown or hopefully and hopefully end to the to the shit going on in Ukraine. That would be the best case know. scenario here, and people and this actually was probably the first time they've actually seen some light on that front. Yeah. It's like, oh shit, Russia fighting amongst themselves. Great. That means they're not fighting here. They're fighting over there. But yeah, there it was it was some wild stuff developing over the last it seemed reactions online was kind of crazy. But again, it's like you don't really know what's real and what's not. Everybody went from playing armchair uh armchair submarine captain to being yes. armchair uh you know Military game theory expert. Captain. And it's yeah, so it was really interesting. I was like where is my pod save the world episode that these guys could tell me what actually happened? Cause they'll usually bring on some guest who does know what's happening. And, uh, and maybe by the, t- and so this, but it'll be very interesting to see what's going on over the next, uh, few weeks here. But the good news is this actually affects, you know, a lot of people as opposed to that submarine thing, which affected literally five people. <laughs> yes. And James Cameron. And J- well, did it really affect James Cameron? Well, or was it, it just an opportunity for James Cameron to jump out and being well, like, "No, it, it affected it this this group of rich people who believe that you know scientific advancement happens by treating your company like it's Facebook, where you move fast and break things, right? Mm-hmm. Like th- that's that's the argument, right? Like if you're if you're any of these people. You start making the rounds to go. Oh yeah, this was a this was a this was an outlier. This was a rogue thing because the last thing you want is the government poking around in your thing, right? Like if if your thing is doing dangerous stuff with no oversight, and someone goes and does dangerous things with no oversight and kills a bunch of people, what happens? Government comes in and goes, "Hey, you can't do this dangerous thing anymore with no oversight. We want to see what you're doing." And so all the people that are kind of doing this whatever they want because they're rich and they can go travel to all these random things with no with no one looking into it they're going to come out and go oh this is an outlier we warned them we told them we're regulating ourselves guys it's very similar to crypto (laughs) (laughs) you don't need to you don't need to look here we've we've got this we're regulating ourselves ignore the scams and the and the, the the rampant criminal activity probably that's happening here and the paying under the table to get the things that we want don't worry about it we'll regulate ourselves and that's 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 why they come out and say this now because remember, I mean, what was it last weekend? Everyone was like, "Oh yeah, you know, we're making jokes about a, a, a Xbox controller," and they all come out the minute that the thing is found to be imploded. Was I told them months ago? I they offered me to go. I didn't want to go. Oh yeah, yeah. When I first looked at it, I told the guy he was crazy. This was never going to work. Everyone came out armchair expert and said that they knew. They knew this was never going to work and that someone was going to get killed someday. I told them someone was going to die someday. Like, like where were you when the thing first disappeared? Like, oh, we were trying to be respectful. No, nah, you were hoping it would get found because now the worry is, you know, you get a bunch of news pundits and being like, well, who's looking into the billionaires who do this? You know, a 19-year-old kid lost his life. We need to look into this. We need, we need eyes on this. And that's what happens, right? People want to regulate stuff when people die. And it's like, cool. should you be allowed to be a billionaire and build a submersible craft to go look at whatever you want? And then when you die or you go missing, government uses government funds to find you. You should be on your own. And then that's what that's why everyone became an expert for this, for their morbid curiosity, because none of us will ever be able to afford to go spend a, you know, a half a day luxury trip to go see the, the wreckage of the Titanic. Yeah, so that's why it captured me. Because it's the morbid curiosity of one, why the heck would you go down there? And two, you know, like what are you what are you doing it in? Like they really let you wrap something in carbon fiber with an Xbox controller? When I'm Wasn't sure an Xbox controller. It was a uh even worse than an Xbox uh, controller. It was like uh it was like a Logitech PC controller, yeah. Yeah, so it's like a third it's like a third party controller. <laughs> So yeah, yeah I, I I was wrapped up in that this week. That's what I was paying attention to. I know all about the and again, I already knew enough. You work with James Cameron, he tells you all the stories about his 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 submarine travels, which is very interesting. So get let's give him a call. Bring him in. Can you call him and uh have him on the podcast? Can we talk sure. to him now? Yeah, I'll give just him a call, call him. Put, now. Him on, put him on speaker. Put him on speakerphone. Questions. I'll call mm-hmm. him and we'll just talk about submersible crafts for an hour. Yeah. It'd be great. Let's do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> you gonna call him? You gonna try? Try calling him, see if he picks up. Right now, he's not in. Uh, he's not in New Zealand right now. 
So, so what? Where is he? If he's in the States, it's even better. It's, uh, it's, it's more reasonable time. Where, where is he? California? It's two o'clock. I have no idea where he is. He's done <laughs> eating lunch. Lunch is over. And if, it's, and if he's on the East Coast, it's not even dinner time. It's only five. Give him a call. Call Jim. Yeah, stand by. See I'll give him a call. Hey, hey Jim. All right, all right, great, cool. Give yeah, yeah, call. hey, uh, you know, you're talking to Anderson Cooper. You want to talk to you want to talk to the guy that you... Stop talking to Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper's not even on. They, they got there, I'm telling you, with the Russia stuff going on, submarines old news. I will say, I went to, uh, I did go to Fox News real quick. When Because uh, CNN, oh my God. I don't know. Did I think CNN has like added more commercial time. There's more commercials than actual content on CNN right oh, now. Oh, they're trying to get paid now. Like, again, it's they don't... crazy. I mean, look, say what you will about Trump. He made everyone a lot of money. Sure. And so, well, Joe Biden is pretty boring. Mm-hmm. So and they're trying to make him exciting, and he's not exciting. So what do you do? You fill with ads. Not we as many ads. Exciting. So, and, but are. the point is, I went to Fox. They were still talking about the when the Russia thing was going on. That's all CNN's talking about. Back to back to back to back. I'm, I'm watching CNN today for the first time in a long time because they're actually covering this stuff that I that I care about. And then... But I, I switched to Fox. I'm like, what are they? Are they talking about this? And they're no, they're still talking about the submarine. It's like, goddamn, Fox. Yeah, because again, it's you know, it, it's the it's the Republican dream that one day I become rich enough to do this. <laughs> well, then you so don't I don't want you regulating that. the thing that I am that I someday will be rich enough if I just work hard and pull myself up by my bootstraps can do. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. Would you do it? Would you pay to do it? No, absolutely not. What point in the well? You're right. You don't like you the water. You couldn't pay first me all, so that, to that do it. Yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, like again, like you have to understand how crazy this is, right? I think I've said this before that like the, the ocean terrifies me more than space does. Yep. I think the ocean is more interesting, but it terrifies me more because when you leave to go to space, how many atmospheres do you go through? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. One. One. You go from this atmosphere to space. Yep. When you go underwater, do you know how many atmospheres you go through? Thousands. Uh, a lot. Yeah. Oh, Every depth a is a new atmosphere. It's a new pressure. So you're going 13,000 feet to the Titanic, which is like nine Empire State buildings stacked together. That's like 100 atmospheres you go through, I think. And so that's why it's that's why they're like, oh, well, you go down each one, it's more pressure. And then it's more pressure and it's exponential pressure and it keeps increasing. And then, oh, whoops, one of the bolts is loose. We're done. Yeah. I'm good. Like, well, at least, I don't at least it happens. At the bottom of the Titanic, I don't want anything to do with it. Leave me alone. At least it happens fast enough where you don't even have the time to have that thought of one of the bolts is loose. One of the bolts is loose, you're toast. Done. You're done. Yep. All you hear is, Kink! and then. Lights out. Do you? It. Do you even hear that? Again, maybe. Again, maybe one of the bolts. One of the things that I saw was that there was a theory that they might have tried to go back up. Mm. Like it was actually the pressure on the way up that caused. Oh, it. interesting. So they got to see yeah. the Titanic. Yeah, and now they get to now they get to live with it. So that, that makes me feel a little better if they if they actually made it to the bottom. I mean, this guy's seen it before, right? Like this isn't the one guy, Hamish. This wasn't well, there's five rodeo. There's five guys. Right. I, I look, I, for all of it, I just feel bad for the 19-year-old. I think out of oh, all totally. those people, he was the one I yeah. felt the worst for. Because then you, you didn't hear the stories, go. it's like, you didn't want to go. He's trying yeah. to please his dad. Happy Father's yeah. Day. Oh. Uh, That's why Father's Day is a bad holiday. That's why you should just disappoint your, uh, disappoint your parents, kids. <laughs> yeah, you're saving their life. You're doing a good deed. And saving your life as well. Mm-hmm. It's a good call. It's a good call. Well, that's all fun. Uh, I don't really have much to, to be honest, I didn't, I didn't prepare anything to talk about. I didn't do anything. I've got two things to talk about. I, They're both uh, movie right. related. Perfect. And let's just jump yeah. right into that. Because this might be a very short one, which is fine. It might be, but that's fine, right? Because then we're going to go to Japan and have a bunch of travels and we'll have lots of stories after that. It'll be fun. Yeah. We're going to go away for a month and a lot of, a lot of uh, about, yeah, it's going to be three weeks off before we do this again. So they're both kind of in media therapy is, is what I want to talk about, really. Great. Or, uh, there's actually three things. There's one personal thing I'd like to talk about media therapy wise. And there's two yeah. things that are kind of in the news that I want to talk about. All right. It's your show. Whatever you want. All right. The first one is this is the, the uproar of people being upset 
that Marvel is using artificial intelligence for its oh secret invasion for a secret invasion, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Like they're like they're mad. Like fans are mad. And I, I'm curious on your thoughts. One, have you watched this show? Because I know you keep up on the Marvel stuff. Did you get a chance? Mm-hmm. Samuel Jackson is back, and he's doing mm-hmm. Samuel Jackson things. And I don't yep. know if you've seen it. I have no intention of watching this. Maybe it's it's sort wow. of the lines of Hawkeye and some of the other stuff I just haven't watched. And I'll get to it if I'm bored enough. Okay. Yeah. Um, I watched. Of course I watched it. You know I watched it. You yes, knew that before you even asked the question. You knew it. And I knew about the AI thing before I jumped in, they told me. Um, as far as how I feel about the show, it's one episode. The reviews for the first two episodes are what went to the press. And it sounds like they're kind of tepid, like in that kind of seven out of ten range, which is not bad. I mean, at this point, it's like, I'm on the ride. I'm at the soap opera. Got to watch everything, right? So when I look at this, though, I got to kind of look at all of these shows as basically one extended movie. So when it's a six-part show, this is basically part one of act one. And as that goes, it was cool. It's intriguing. I'm interested. I want to know what happens next. And that's the best thing uh, you could do. Samuel Jackson is always fun. Sorry, I'm talking a little weird. I have, uh, I'm like super congested right now coming off of a cold. So um, Samuel Jackson's always fun, always compelling to watch. He's like old man, old man, Nick Fury in this, which I, which I kind of dig. It's kind of a unique, um, uh, a unique style for his character. So it's not like, oh, we've seen this before. And they're bringing back a lot of, a lot of people that we've seen prior. So there's a lot of payoff there. And they're going to do a fun job of playing with expectations about who's who's actually a person and who's actually a scroll and who's been a scroll the whole time and that kind of stuff. So they're going to play really fast and loose with everything that's happened over the last, what, like 15 years with these movies. And that's going to probably annoy a lot of people as there's going to be a lot of hand wavy woo bullshit being thrown out here, but mm. it's all, it's all for the fun of it. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm on the ride. I think, uh, the moment you introduce scrolls and multiverse, you're basically opening up the door to do whatever you want. So this is this is what Marvel is now, and you're yes. just gonna have to uh, you're just gonna have to either take the ride well, not or just Marvel or skip not it. just Marvel. All oh, everybody's doing it. Everyone DC yeah. right? That's their whole thing with the Flash is that there's a multiverse and we're gonna bring back George Clooney. Yeah, I heard right. that. As well, that's a spoiler <laughs> that I did not know, and I kind of wish that was discovered for me. But whatever, um, I still need to see that movie. I'll probably see that tomorrow. I might do that I'm off tomorrow. Yeah. I'm not doing anything. So it's just kind of their thing. Um, but yeah, like I'm, the AI discussion is very interesting. As someone who obviously works in this industry, oh, did you been, want my thoughts on the AI part specifically? No, no, I want your no. thoughts okay. on the show because okay, I wanted cool. to lead into because I want to lead it into the discussion. Uh, this is wider than just visual effects and intros to shows and right. Obviously, I just find it funny because people on Twitter want to, you know, they, they want to protect the artist and oh, you know, you guys are ruining art. And I'm like, y'all yeah, don't care about art. Like we've been doing all sorts of stuff that you probably think is not like we're in the visual effect in the visual effects industry with Hollywood is it's it's exactly what you think it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Any other vendor relationship where you're not unionized is exactly what you think it is. Um, where Hollywood will take advantage of you because that's what they do, right? They're trying to please shareholders more than the artists doing the art. It's not about the art. Never has been, never will be, right? The art is the means to make things cheaper. Yeah. So when Christopher Nolan tells you, oh, I made a real nuclear explosion, oh, yeah, I look forward to seeing all of the simulations in that in that film because it's just it's what Interstellar was. Like, oh, yeah, yeah we, we filmed an actual black hole. Yeah, you did. You didn't recreate nothing. It's all composited together. <laughs> Some really smart artists put it together, and then you went out and basically just... I mean, Top Gun, right? Perfect example. Yep. No visual effects. Tom Cruise did all this. And then they get nominated for Best Visual Effects because the poor visual effects artist that did like 2,000 shots is like, yeah, here's all the work. You look at it, and you go, that's the whole daggone movie, and it's really well done. It's so well done, nobody noticed it. <laughs> yeah. So the AI thing is interesting. Because I think that, like, this, what's going to happen is people are going to start using this to make our jobs easier. We are we look into AI stuff to see how can it make things easier. We use AI in all sorts of, or really, it's machine learning, right? I think people people now are lumping in AI with machine learning. It's just taking lots and lots of data to allow for you to make new data, right? To be able to train a system to do something 
how you want to do it. And so obviously with all of the chat GPT and stable diffusion and, and mid journey and all that stuff is where it's gone very quickly. And that's how this stuff has hit mainstream. But machine learning has been around for at least 10, 15 years, right? Like those algorithms oh, are yeah. being discussed. Mm-hmm. So I just find it funny that all of a sudden, because people now, people have now put a look to what they think AI looks like, right? It looks like mid-journey. It looks like stable diffusion. It looks like Dali or any of the other ones that I can name, where it's got this very weird painterly look to it that is very jittery and transforms very quickly. And the studio method is a is a competitor of the, you know, it's a studio that's like all the other visual effects vendors. It's similar to ILM or Weta or anywhere else. And they put this together, most likely at the client's request of going, hey, you know, we want this shape-shifting thing. You know, we, we've been playing around with AI. What do you guys think? They go, yeah, cool. Yeah, absolutely. We'll take a look. We'll put it together. And I'm sure there's lots of CG in it with things kind of put on top of it to make it look like this, right? Like it's it's another tool. Yep. And so and so again, and they're probably a pretty small team, right? They probably get told you only have a month or so to do this. The client is probably going back and forth. They don't really know what you want what, what they want to do. And so you're just like, all right, look, we gotta be able to do this quickly. And you know, the budget for this is so small that we just need to have a couple of people on it. So this actually allows for us to come up with some ways to do this type of work at a you know at a higher margin where we can actually make money doing this instead of what normally happens, which is you break even. And then you're like, yeah. crap. Or you lose Every, money in most in most yes, situations. Or you lose money. Right. Because yeah. it's not so like it's you're always, getting any kickback. Yeah. You're not getting any Disney Plus money. Yeah. <laughs> nothing comes from Disney, right? They just come to you. And if you can't do it, you know, you know what you know what they do? They they come to us. They come to everyone and go, hey, can you do it? How about you do it? And we all bid on it and we all see if whether or not we can do this work. Um so yeah, yeah, I just find it interesting, like this outrage of all of a sudden you really care about art because of AI. And I'm just like, this is it's going to become where you're not going to be able right now you can tell a difference you're not going to be able to tell the difference and i'd argue it's a bit like trying to you know this is back to the submarine chat of hey what point does do you stop innovation and technology for the means of kind of humanity and in this way for art right because if you're if you've now come up with something that can scrape the last 20 years of the internet and you build an you build something that you can put things together faster and cheaper with less people mm-hmm. do you have a duty to stop that as a disney or do you have a or do you have a duty to encourage this in order to make as much money as possible look i'm sure it's going to happen in games as well right like building game assets oh yeah <laughs> building characters and things just got cheaper and quite frankly as an artist right we're using this almost kind of as a scratch pad to be honest with you it's like the really painstaking part is kind of trying to discover what you're looking for. And then you get into sort of the repetitiveness of, okay, I know what we need to do. We've got a formula. We now just need to crank out this at scale, right? What if you can fix either end of those? What if you get something that helps you come up with that creative process and show images and go, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? As you're doing character design and level design, and it's a lot of people telling you, oh, I'll know it when I see it. It's not exactly right yet. And now you can do that at a really fast pace. Or on the other end, you go, okay, we've got this formula, and now we need to scale this thing. Can I scale this without actually having to hire 100 people to do this? And instead, I can hire 50. And we can scale this in a way that allows for us to be more creative. So I I sit firmly in the middle of this argument, and I just find it interesting that people who have no idea how any of this stuff works as a viewer, right, as a viewer and an enjoyer of this content, now want to take kind of this, it's people who, you know, people who enjoy art for the sake of doing art, sure, they all want to one day make money and be Basquiat, right? But a lot of people just enjoy drawing for drawing. Like, there's lots of people who enjoy classic cars, right? And you see a Tesla, you don't go, Tesla's going to ruin my hobby. You go, well, no, you're doing your hobby because you enjoy putting together 60s cars, like you were you planning on like you want to stop the innovation for the people who don't care? Like if you enjoy drawing, you enjoy painting, AI shouldn't scare you. It's just another tool for someone else to use. It should be you should still be able to enjoy your hobby and hone your craft. Just like, you know, automation in machines in everything has just made stuff easier, but you can still kind of use the classic way of doing something and you can still get paid very well for doing that way too. 
So I just, I, it's a very interesting argument that's happening kind of in the creative world. And I think a lot of people are just more disappointed that like, uh, machine learning was supposed to help us for the stuff we didn't want to do. It was supposed to give us more time to do the fun stuff like art and writing. But now, right, you turn to art and writing and realize, oh, this is actually a really efficient use case for this. So you're taking away the really creative stuff when really should you have aimed it toward the boring stuff like do my taxes, machine learning. Like, why, have, why don't we machine that machine learn that where I don't have to do anything? I feed it all my information and the government goes, hey, here's what you owe me. Instead of having to pay an accountant who has to sit there and do it, why are you taking away the, the fun stuff? Why are you taking away the creative stuff? So it's, yep. it's just an interesting discussion. I, I'm more interested in if you are talking about this all as a producer, right? You're, you're not an artist. You're more on the side of, hey, we've got a budget and we've got to get this stuff done. And we have to make money doing it, right? That's a big part of every business. Hey, you like making games? So do I. But we need to make money so you can make the games. Games don't come for free. Right. I'm interested if these discussions on your end are happening just from an industry standpoint of, yeah, look, I know the the artist and the, and the developers are not going to be necessarily happy that, yeah, instead of 10,000 jobs, there's only 5,000. But this allows for us to make games quicker and make them potentially better. Yeah. Um. So I think it starts from well, if you, you kind of changed like some of these questions. There's a lot of questions there. So I did. As far I did. as I far as what we're talking it. about, so we as a publisher, like we don't actually do any of this stuff specifically. Now the web three side of uh of Atari does a lot of these things and they somehow like the the blend of what web three is, it's like now AI is part of web three. It's like what? Why? I don't understand. But that's okay. They're always messing around Money. with this kind of stuff because web Money. web three, <laughs> blockchain, all that stuff, AI, and now like even somehow VR and AR, they're they're kind of that's I, I don't know. It's all bizarre. Point it's all is, future tech really, right? Just future. There's there's some guys in that side that are really all about it and what you can do with mid-journey and how you could train it and things they could generate. It's pretty yeah. cool. Like it's interesting stuff. Um, the, uh, as far as how developers use it, I actually had this exact conversation and my, uh, and I, and I was talking to one of the developers and the head of the studio, and he was saying that he was concerned. He was concerned about the lower level guys in the, um, the lower level developers who would potentially be out of work because of some of the things that were developing in the AI field. And I actually said, I would be more worried about the higher and developers on that side of it because you're basically because you wouldn't need to spend that much money on a senior engineer to do the work that could be done with a with a more junior person if a lot of that stuff is being offloaded because if you talk about being able to do more with less well then hey you're gonna if games are the result of paying for people which they largely are yes then how do you reduce that number if you if you say okay well we can we have enough money to pay for you know <clears throat> we could pay for like two senior guys or we could pay for four junior slash mid level guys and pair them with some AI stuff and get to the same result you're like oh well, that's that's an interesting equation because now you have additional hands more creativity more more stuff being done you got four guys basically operating a tool versus two guys operating a tool and if they're working exponentially faster then you could get to a to a result of the same quality or yeah. maybe not. It, it, but, and I, my, <laughs> my argument to that would be, it totally depends on what you're trying to do. Right. And these are because all hypothetical cases, situations. Yeah, so exactly. This, this is the argument. Yeah. This is the argument I made, not telling him, Hey, you got to get rid of these guys. Absolutely not. I, I don't want that to happen. <clears throat> my thought is this, is that, and it was actually shaped recently when listening to a conversation with David Jaffe, who was the creator of God of War, Twisted Metal. He made a really good point and, you know, likened it to, um, you know, cars and horse and buggies. It's like you don't you don't go you don't travel with horse and buggy anymore. You you travel with cars. You travel with planes. You know things move. And back around. in the day, it's like you're not right, somebody you, who had a horse and carriage business and <coughs> said this is the end of times. Right? Yeah, exactly. What are we going to do with all these uh, horse and buggy drivers? You know, anytime new technology comes around, it's going to change. It's it's going to flip the script on what's going on. But you're putting new tools in people's hands, so someone I mean, still has to be able to switch. About, and about there digital will art be, as well, though, right? Just in sure. general, Photoshop was going. Yeah. Oh, what do, what do you mean? I can you know painting and getting brushes and copying stuff is easier, and now that's just a part of everyone's workflow creating digital content. Yeah, there will be the lazy output stuff 
That is inevitable. Someone yes. will throw trash out there that has no effort. That's just AI generated and shows up on the storefronts. If you put this, if you put this in the context of games, you kind of see that really shitty, thrown together, low effort games. And I'm not talking about games of you know, subjectively. You're like, oh yeah, this game's just not for me. No, no. I mean like legitimately stuff that's just thrown together. Like you look at the, you can look at the Nintendo eShop every week. And look at some of these games that come out. Some of them only sell for like 10 bucks, right? But the thing is, like, I'll just go right now, search by new release, and see, and I will see something here. Let's see, the game's gotta be out already because all the stuff they want to push, all the new coming stuff. They announced a lot of stuff, by the way. Nintendo had a has had a pretty good week with their uh, Nintendo Direct. Oh, look, there's our game, Mr. Runner Jump, coming soon. Um, get the pre-order now, get 10% off. Great game. Uh, let's see here. God damn, there's a lot of shit coming out. There's too many games coming out. That I there's can't even much, find, but, I, but I just want to find yeah. something that is actually, that's been released. Okay, here we go. There's a game that just came out called Finger Football, Goal in Two. Two bucks. That's a game that just came out. You could AI generate shit like that, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, maybe it's not out. Maybe that's coming out. Um, let's see here. I'm going to keep going. I will find some stuff. But yeah, there's like, there's a lot of trash Oh, let's see. Oh, right. I could do it available now. Oh, my God. On the eShop, there are, let's see, I'm going to make it for Switch. There are 15,582 listings on the on the eShop. That's, that's insane. Before, and that's before machine learning is really, like, it's gotten mainstream now. But look, I mean, we've had too much content for the last five, five, ten years. Whether it's games. Or television or film. There's more content oh. being created than ever. Oh, this is a good one I found. Right. Okay. Let me, because I, I sent it to a coworker. I'm going to find this and I'm going to give you the perfect example of games. At this point, like you're just going to be able to create random games and throw them up and they're going to be shitty and they won't get any play. And the good stuff will rise to the top. I, I yes. firmly believe that well, that's the case. Well, to, to a degree, because this is the other thing I wanted to talk about. To a degree. Sure. Because I, I, think I, think that it takes, I think it takes the, time for people to find what that is, right? What makes certain things in media rise to the top, that process is actually very thought of. And it's also yeah. sometimes lucky. It's both true. Right? There's a ton of that because there is so much stuff that happens in the, but media is still going to exist. Influencers are still going to exist. If someone's going to try the thing to, and tell you if it's good or bad, then you you still have to, you still have to take that into account. Discoverability is still a big part of it. All right, here's the game. There's a game called elite soldier shooter. I swear to God, this thing sounds like it was AI generated. When I tell you that, when I describe this, this is the description. Where the special forces cannot cope, one soldier and a rifle will achieve the goal. Sometimes there are tasks where SWAT cannot handle, dot, dot, dot. And then you appear, elite soldier. You are the champion, in quotes, on special assignments. The tasks are are diverse and complex, from the simple pull of the terrorists to the rescue of the hostages and the diffused of the bomb. Your goal is to survive and fulfill all the conditions of the assignment. But remember that one mistake can be expensive. At the at your disposal, guns for any type of tasks. There is a pistol and machine gun and rifle and even grenade i think that meant to say grenade if you decide to play on a large scale but it will be better if your gun sounds is not so noisy game features single player shooter with storyline interesting and difficult special missions arsenal of deadly weapons for every taste that's the description (laughs) so like you can already make a game completely out of prefabbed assets in a unity or unreal store and do a lot of this stuff yeah there's some legwork required but you could also use node-based programming and and things like unreal which will make that a lot easier so a lot of these tools are already there tools have to make things easier have been created and will continue to be created forever and i see ai as being one of those things it will be exploited for sure but like anything else the a lot of these loud voices in the media don't know what the fuck they're talking about and complaining well, well, people and, again, and complaints get get clicks 
And that's, but for me, that's it's not even about it's not even about people in the media, though. For me, it's about people who, you know, because there's there's kind of the tech bro thing, and right, this, all the things you name the the Web three stuff is all guilty of this, right? Where it's adapt or die, right? We're moving at the speed of light for innovation. We're sending people to to the Titanic. We're changing the we're blowing up the financial system. We're changing media and corporations of hundreds and hundreds of years of you know laws and things in a, in a month. So mm-hmm. adapt or die, right? And of course, everyone's gonna you know when you give someone a fight or flight response, you get the people that run from it and go, I I don't want to hear about it. I just I don't want to be part of this, or they fight it, right? It's just how it works. This is nonsense. I'm not using anything that has any of these words. And I hear Web3. I spend all my time on Twitter saying this is nonsense. This is awful. This is junk. This is right. And as we always talk on this podcast, everything is a pendulum. It always there's truth in the middle. So the middle of it is there's lots of this. That's great. There's lots of things that I will use in my job that will make my job easier. The stuff that I can now, it will expand the way that I think about tasks and things and go, oh, man, this used to take us forever. But now I can do whole sequences kind of on my own and i can creatively go oh okay this is how we normally do this i get this new tool if i do this and this what comes out of it and then that's when you start getting really creative things with still me putting a lot of work into it right so 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 that exists but on the other end you get the people who are going to clutch the pearls and say but this is why we don't get creative ideas and the only reason why i fight against that why i go like man this is really frustrating as someone who agrees with them right like I've talked more crap about Marvel films on this thing, not because I dislike Marvel, but because a lot of it has turned into lazy content generation, in my opinion. It's formulaic. It's Marvel looking at a market. And again, I'm not blaming Marvel by saying Marvel doesn't want to give you new stuff, right? They give you the hits. They give you the hits until the hits don't work anymore. And so we got a decade full of basically the same Marvel movie because it worked. And me and I sit here and go, man, this doesn't spark any creativity in me. This this is bo- it's the same crap. I don't want to like, yeah. And everyone's like, this is amazing. And I'm like, is it? It feels like the last few movies I watched. And now what do we get? A bunch of superhero movies. And when you have a company like Pixar try to do something different, what do you see? Oh, Pixar's lost its spark. Oh, you know, they, they, they don't, you know, what they used to do doesn't work anymore because they try to create a new IP. And generally, right, they do enough of a new idea, but still is enough like an old idea that they're caught in the middle where you don't have this expansive thought of, oh, man, this is a different Pixar movie. They're going a different path. It's like it's a new IP, but the ideas are all kind of the same. And that's where AI is not going to benefit, right? That's what takes human thought and human innovation using these tools because you need to take all of this and give people something completely different. The the Spider-Verse movies, part of the reason why that is why people enjoy those so much is because it is it's very different. It's very different creatively. And I would I would assume they use a lot of AI in those films too. You just can't tell because it's stylized and someone has put in the effort in the story and you have writers. That's why the writer strike is a thing. You have writers who can take things that are generated and go, okay, we actually need to tweak this and change this to make it different, to make it coherent. So that's why I'm firmly in the middle of this. I believe in, yes, you have to move technology forward. You have to try new things because to me, that's what makes me more creative. But at the same time, to pretend that you can't still rely on the ways that we've done this, that experience matters. That experience of doing something the old way. So you need people who can see the future and think of the future, but also appreciate the fact that, well, we used to do it this way. So you're going to try and change the financial system with crypto but then realize, wait, you're making all the same mistakes that the financial system made. You're just doing them at the speed of light. So that doesn't mean that you're actually fixing this. You're just kind of making the same thing over again. So where's the innovation? What are you actually trying to innovate? And a lot of times people aren't trying to innovate. They're just trying to find their own lane where they can make their money. So I want to innovate. They just go, well, this now I can do what you did, but I can make money doing it versus, huh, I'm actually going to be broke for a while and really try and change this? What does it really look like if we change the financial system or change the way that Hollywood films are produced? And so that's that's why it's an interesting discussion for me because both people are right. But for me, the middle path is the one that will come up with, with whatever the new companies look like in the next 20, 30 years. So believe it or not, with my, uh, with my tangents and rambling, I did not actually make it to my 
end point of my argument, which is that it's not even an argument. It's just like saying why this is going to be inevitable and why it's most useful. Um, there recently was an interview with Matt Booty, the guy who heads up um, Xbox Game Studios. And he basically said people need to grasp the reality that AAA games will take are now taking four to six years to develop. That's four to six years with the current tools. And there's still a demand. Like it's hard to justify a game that is maybe takes a player 12 hours to complete, but that is going to take four to six years to create. And it's a one and done purchase, like an uncharted, like a God of war, right? That's a really hard thing to grapple with. And that's going to be, and so it's going to be interesting to see how that industry evolves and how, what they need to do to survive. Because now that you have consoles that are capable of pushing out 4k graphics and they're only going to get more, um, more demanding from a technical perspective, right? Like as the technology moves forward, people have certain expectations. You know, you think about these, these showcases and what people are showing in the overwhelming you know there's i love indie games i love a lot of these smaller bite-sized games i play by volume way more of those than i do the big games but the big games are going to be coming out fewer in less frequency unless you do the microsoft thing and have like 26 studios and always have somebody to go so at one point you will get that cadence but you're still talking about what they're saying now is a game a quarter that's across 26 studios that's that's a long ass time to make games. So if you think about it that way, how do you resolve the problem? How do you how do you give in to that demand? Especially when you're talking about something like Game Pass, a subscription service. How do you speed things along? Well, you speed along the development process. And if you have this new tool that's shown up that's going to substantially expedite certain things that would otherwise take more time, you use them. And Otherwise, it helps to you mitigate, fail. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, and it as mitigates a result, the financial. As much people don't want to, like, again, we live like it's capitalism. As much as yeah. I hate saying as a as an artist, if these studios don't greenlight the projects that I work on, I can't do what I'm doing. So, as yeah. much as we hate it, right? What you're saying is exactly right. Where if you're Microsoft, right, you have to meet shareholder expectations every quarter. But it's so not just about but wait, wait, you've got 26 studios, right? And you need to make enough games that allow for you to make this money, but then the studios are telling you, "Hey, based on the requirements, this takes 4 to 6 years." Of course you're going to make decisions that allow for you to spread this work out, to be able to minimize your risk, and to be able to try and develop in a way that allows for you to keep meeting the expectations so you can keep doing this. Because all it takes is a couple of flops for everyone to call into question, a la Pixar. Oh, what, what's Disney doing with this? This isn't working. Disney's losing money on these projects. Even though, right? So, like, how are you going to do that, right? You minimize the risk. And how do you minimize the risk? You develop faster. You come up with solutions faster. The risk goes away. It minimizes it. So then you can do more projects. You can do more interesting things. You can take more risk because they don't, they're not catastrophic anymore. Yeah. And so that's why they're interested in it. But it's also the consumer side of things. It's also the fact that people want these, they want their content. Where's the next, where's the next Uncharted? Where's the next God of War? Cool. You gave me this thing. It took me, it took three years. So what God of War, the difference between God of War, the reboot, and Ragnarok was four years. Okay, well, now it might be six because they actually need a new idea. And that's the thing. If the, if the, depending on how you use the tool, you know, it goes back to the point that I was trying to get up before, which is like you can use off the shelf prefab stuff and make an entire game out of it. And it could look like some generic shit, but you actually need that hand, you need that personal touch to make something from scratch, fill in the gaps that don't exist. Or make everything from scratch. That's and you need those people. You're not eliminating the the people. You're ex. You're making their jobs easier to execute the vision that they have. So, what is the game? What do you want it to be? I don't really care how it's made. If it's made and it's quality, great. You used AI to do it. Cool. Is this your idea? Did you just did an AI just spit out this concept and then that's the game? 
Is it good? I don't know. Let me know. But if the end result is something that's quality and polished and fun, that's awesome. And then you, and the good news is you get more of that content. I love single player games. I know that I love AAA single player games. I love the kind of content Sony puts out. And I love all the stuff that, that Microsoft was showing last week or two weeks ago in their showcase. But I also know the, the prohibitive nature of creating that kind of stuff. Most people that grew up with games like Metal Gear Solid and Halo would love to make games like that. And that up until, you know, up until like Unity and Unreal kind of proliferated became almost impossible for any individual or up and coming developer to create because they didn't have the tools to do so. Now they have the tools to do so. And with AI and in these things that are actually able to, or not, not AI because it's such like this weird over, you know, over encompassing thing, but I see things that are actually presented that are giving people even more tools to create more things that would have been considered AAA that would have required armies of people that could be done with only a handful of people. And it all depends like any tool, what they use, how they use it and what kind of vision they have. It all will still come from some sort of creative vision and some sort of person. And yes, the lazy stuff will come through. But if at the end of the day, you get more of these big, high quality experiences that can be made by smaller teams, you're going to see more stuff. I mean, look at all the great indie stuff that came out. That is, that's like this pixel art stuff. That's a throwback to the original. That is a specific type of art that up until a few years ago was seen as old and passe and just not, not interested anymore and not interesting anymore, but they brought that back because there's a certain craft and love and desire for it. And that became like this retro art style that is still prolific today. And there's still people doing it who are passionate about it. Similarly, you have the cutting edge stuff. And the more that you could give that technology to a mass group of people, then you're just going to see more and more creative ideas. And you're going to be able to satisfy all audiences and everybody's going to get going to get what they want. Now, the big problem to that is there's already too much goddamn content. We're just going to get even well, more of it. And that's the <laughs> problem, though, right? Like it is. It reduces the barrier of entry. And you got a lot of crap. Just like you got a lot of people who are driving on the road who don't care about their car. Right. It's a mode of transportation. And you got the people mm-hmm. who out there who have been spending they've worked 60 years to put together back this car from the 50s that they really care about. And they drive it as you should. They got driving gloves on. Right. Like they, they really care about it. you have both. And both those people are on the same road. Mm-hmm. And that's what you have to realize. Where I don't think again, I think this is the transition you're finding. You need more platforms and places for people to be able to put their creative ideas out. And to be able to, you know, the marketplaces and things need to become democratized in a way where you can actually easily get your, and look, this is why this, this is why the writer strike exists. This is why the streaming wars are happening is because they understand whoever is able to sort of give the best platform for all of this content to exist. And I mean, all of this content, right? Live, live sporting events, you know, Amazon and YouTube has just paid billions of dollars to the NFL to get the rights to stream games because content in general is, you know, what's the good content? What's the content that people want to gravitate towards? That's what we're going to try and monopolize. But really it's the content. It's the small teams of 12 people trying different things. And those people need that financial incentive because at the end of the day, you still got to eat and it costs money to keep people to do stuff. Cause it's too easy to go, well, look, I'm not going to make money doing this. I'm going to go work for Microsoft. Or I'm going to go work for Disney. I'm going to go work for some big conglomerate because I know I can get a paycheck and I can feed my family. And so this should help to democratize that, but it's how you do it. So I don't think fighting against it is right. I think finding the lane where it needs to exist is what needs to happen. And the best people who are able to do that are artists. They're the best ones who are going to be able to say, hey, look, this is the lane where this fits. Here's how this can be used versus allowing for these big corporations. Because I'm telling you, you, like we've already been on this. We were talking about machine learning for stuff and visual effects five, six years ago. This isn't new. Like that's that's the thing. It's not new to me. What's new is, is how easily this sort of ramped up in a way. Like it was basically nothing, 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 nothing. I mean, we had courses on machine learning. We had people, professors coming in, talking to us about this stuff at work. And then chat GPT, boom, takes off like a rocket. But also, and now everyone's you using know, it. people, people also are pretty ignorant as to how, how development works, not just on games. Oh, they have, they have I, no only, I know, have I no know games, you know, movies, right. But like with games, like, you know, how much content you could say, oh, that's not theirs. You know how much code is not theirs 
you know how much code that's written that is like, oh yeah, we found a script online to do this thing. Great. Awesome. I whenever I talk to a develop that every every developer does that. Every developer looks at communities. Every developer is looking for help. Everybody's doing I mean, that stuff like that. Again, I mean, Stack Overflow. Ex- I mean, like, look, I mean, that's yeah. that's what made the internet so powerful, right? right? At least from if that it, side, you can go on Reddit or go on Stack Overflow or go on any forum and ask about the software that you have. You can talk to some guy in Russia who's doing this thing. And you're like, oh, crap, I didn't know this existed. You do it, and then it becomes part of your work. Yeah, that, that happens everywhere. That exactly. Happens in every industry. So, hey, if you could make that process, if you save somebody two hours, four hours, a week trying to solve one problem a week is an insane amount of time in a development process that could be that could be an entire feature depending on what you're talking about so it's like anything else i i don't i don't necessarily i'm leaning more to the positive side because i'm an optimist but i also you know i know that there's going to be people who are lazy with it but that's the same with everything any good tool, you could use a hammer to build a house. You could use a hammer to beat the shit out of somebody. And and people are going to use it to <laughs> to cheat, lie, and steal, right? Like, I mean, it's just, it's the internet. Yeah, like, again, exactly. like the, the formation of the internet will look exactly like this, where first it's scams and it's viruses and it's people just trying to make a quick dollar so that way they can go on to the next scam or thing. But then there are people who are legitimately building things that will hopefully become for the greater good. Right. Yep. That's the hope is that it's for the greater good of generating content. It's for the greater good of open source technology. It's for the greater good of benefiting us all to allowing for us to do things in a manner that aren't as intensive and as wasteful as they have been in the past. Right. That, that's the hope. I think that's everyone's, yeah. you know, hope at the end of the day. But you're always going to have money and big studios and conglomerates who are going to fight you with their billions of dollars to stay relevant because they're all terrified that exactly what you said, that me and you can now have basically the same power. We have the experience of producing content and creating content. And the two of us could use these tools to generate something that someone at Disney could generate in six months. We can do it in a year and a half, right? Mm -hmm. That terrifies them because then I go, well, I don't need to work for you anymore, Disney. I can do my own stuff and I'm able to make enough money to do it. And if you have enough of those people doing that stuff, then the whole model of how they sell technology changes or how they sell content changes. It all changes. So, it's, that's uh, yeah. I'm I'm more on the optimistic side, but I also understand that like the the, the small artists and the people online who just want to fight against it, like I think they're kind of doing themselves a disservice. Like it's one thing if you're educated about it and you go, I understand it, but I choose to do something different. But to just actively just be ignorant to it is is not is 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 the way that you're just gonna die. Like honestly, like that is the adapter die. You become the steel mill. You become the coal mine. Where you're going, well, we're just going to actively stop innovation. But at the same time, the people who run rampant with innovation, they're at the bottom of the Titanic right now. So it's both, mm-hmm. right? So that's why that's why I want to talk about it because there is no right answer. It's interesting, and it's going to be something that is now in the forefront because shows companies like Marvel and studios like Method will use this stuff because the client is going to ask them for this, right? We do what the client asks us. Hey, you know, we want something that kind of looks like it's machine learned, but it's kind of the thing of the show. It's a secret operative show and shape-shifting. And, hey, why don't you guys try this? And I'm sure there's someone like, oh, man, really? Now I got to tr- plug in Stable Diffusion and, and look through this API and plug it into Houdini and make it work? Okay, cool. But that's still a lot of work for me to do. But then only thing that comes out is, oh, Marvel's using machine learning and they're ruining everything. And it's like, but the content that you guys are watching, you're not gravitating towards the newer content that will, or the the unique IP for things that will make Marvel not go, hey, we got to make our money back on this. We, this is where we make money here with, with, with Marvel stuff. That's where the cash cow is. So what's the best way we can get through this without someone painting every single frame? to hit the same result like would they appreciate it more if someone made it look like machine learning but they didn't use it at all i don't know i don't know yeah. they'd get on the internet and complain know. that it's machine learning and you wouldn't know and and you that's wouldn't the know. thing someone needs to come out they need to release a game and be like not say anything and then at the end of it being like oh by the way we use this that's how we were able to make this game in two years instead of five yeah but again we just reached this thing so, where it's just we're gonna have culture wars over you Everything. pick a side. Everything's picking a side. So yeah, it's interesting yeah. discussion. I think it's ongoing. But yeah, I just wanted to talk about that because I just saw the it kind of tied in nicely to the to the it's technology versus, you know, the right way to yeah. do it, the human the humane way to do it, saving jobs. It's a discussion we have in every industry. 
every single so industry I, has this discussion at some point. And I just sent you a perfect example of what I'm talking about, about low effort games showing up. Um, this is on the Switch eShop. You can download it now. It's on sale. It's usually five bucks. Now you can get it for four. It's called Pixel Game Maker Series Cat and Tower. Pixel Game Series Pixel Game Maker, by the way, is an is an is a software that you could download to make games, and that's clearly what this was made in. But it's literally like a JPEG of a cat jumping around on JPEGs of environment. It's really uh it looks really shitty. Yeah. <laughs> it looks but you know, if, for this person, if they make Good for that bucks, guy. This is the start. Right? This could be made by like a 14-year-old kid for all you know. Could be. Yeah, Good so it's just it's interesting where we're going <laughs> with content. I think a lot of people, right? Like this is what happens when you get past your industrial age to your sort of creative age and technology age where we've been the last 20 years. And so many people have moved into these creative fields. Because right, you're not you're no longer putting car pieces together. You're now making films, you're making games, you're doing marketing for all these agencies. And then something comes along and says, hey, so we actually don't need you to do this. We can, you don't need to, you know, all the skills you learned Photoshop for a decade ago, don't need anymore. Photoshop now will clip this stuff for you. You kind of just tell it what you want it to do and it does it. And the first thing you do is, oh, they're going to take my job. This is awful. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's how it works. And you have to, you have to be interested in it. It's not just hit the buttons and go home. And that's where the real creativity comes from. But it's tough. It's a tough sell to people because, yeah, everyone at the end of the day is just trying to pay their mortgage and feed their kids and live their life. I get it. Right. So it's it's an interesting discussion that doesn't have an answer. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's move on because I'm right. running out of time. Last for thing, a change. You're running, I'm out of the time. One running out of time. Yeah. Yes. So I want to tell my story of Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Right. Told you I was going to see this. Mm-hmm. Me and Alice got up going to the movie theater. Right. There's a movie theater by me. I'm going to call the theater out by name. It's called the Reading Cinema. It's kind of like the big... There's only There was one in Wellington that closed down, so there's one a little further north now in Puerto Rua. I've been there many times to go see kind of big blockbuster films, right? So it's fine. It's normally a really good movie theater. So we go there, right? It's about 5.30 showing. So an actually pretty good turnout, because sometimes I go to movie theater and it's just like me and like two other people. And it's like a big movie that's only been out for a week. And you're like, ooh, this doesn't look good for the future of this industry. But you go there, and the Spider-Verse movie's filled with people. It's got kids. It's got couples. I'm like, all right, this is cool. This feels like a regular movie theater experience. Yeah, right after party. Right? So you get mm-hmm. there, and we sit down and start watching the credits, and the and the sound is low. You're like, okay, sure. Like, again, it's, it's you know, we're, they're, they're showing, sorry, not credits. They're showing the previews and the, the trailers for movies that are upcoming. You're like, yeah, okay, at some point, the, the thing kicks in, and you're good, and, you know, you start watching the movie. So the movie starts, and the sound is still low. Ooh. So I'm sitting here going like, okay, maybe just someone hasn't, you know, hit the button to turn the surround sound on, because it all sounds like, it sounds like a TV that's in the front of the house, and you're, you know, you're in another room. Like, you can hear it, but it's, mm-hmm. you pick out a word oh, here or there, but you that can't. that low? You can't really hear it. Oh, shit. Right? So I'm sitting here. And I'm kind of like, okay, like, you know, I, I understand that my my taste for some of this stuff, I can be a little, because, like, bad sound in a movie will really irritate me. It's the one thing if I go to the movie theater that, like, I can deal with your color being a bit off. I can deal with the screen not being exactly centered. If the audio is bad, it really irritates me. Mm. And yeah, so I'm like, I'm, okay, you. maybe it's just, maybe something will calibrate in, maybe, you know. Maybe you're old. And so we get to the first, like, it kind of starts, right? Like, not to spoil the movie, but it starts kind of telling the story of Gwen Stacy in mm-hmm. the same way that it started the last movie of telling kind of the stories of, of Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I can't hear this. I can't hear her dialogue. And I'm like, okay, this is starting to become a problem. And then there's a big action scene at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I and there's an explosion that goes off. And it sounded literally like a puff. And I was like, okay, nah, this is broken. Something's wrong. And Alice turns to me and she goes, You can't hear anything either, right? I'm like, yeah, okay, it's not just me. Okay. But this movie theater is full. And I don't hear, and again, like normally if you're in the States, and I always I always think about my movie theater experience back in Brooklyn. Yeah. And there'd be some guy in the back being around. Hey, why is the sound broken? <laughs> and then someone's like, hey man, shut up. Yeah, trying to listen. Broke it. It is that right? And you're like, oh god, please, I don't, I don't need these brothers back here fighting. Like, come on, y'all, just, just let's relax. And someone's gonna come in and move theater. Nothing. 
everyone's just watching the movie. So this is wow. where you start feeling awkward. Because I'm like, okay, the sound's clearly broken to me. And I got confirmation from Alice that something's wrong with the sound. But nobody else is getting up. No one else is kind of making a, they're, they're, you know, and it's like the people are eating popcorn and they're making noise. And so maybe they're just like, okay, something's wrong, right? So I, so I sit there and I make it through that first action sequence. And then like, there's a dialogue part after it. Like, I can't, I can't hear this. Like I, I can hear muffled sounds, but like, it's not surround sound. It's not what surround sound sounds like. So I, so I take a deep breath. I go, okay, I'm going to get up. Right. So I'm sitting in the movie in the middle of the theater, obviously, because I want to get the best spot. So you got to pass people. I'm like, okay, I'm, you know, oh, excuse me, excuse me. I got outside and I go to the kid, the kid in the front. I go, hey man, your sound is like sounds not working, like it's messed up. And he's like, oh, okay, uh, let me get the manager. So he gets the manager, and the manager goes, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll check it out. Just go sit back down, and we'll we'll check it out. We'll see if we can fix it. So I go sit back down. At this point, right, like I'm I'm irritated because I'm the one that got up. And is now missing whatever the movie I could make out. I'm now missing it, right? So now I'm already irritated. Like, okay, I've just missed a bunch of stuff. So I go back through. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Sit back down. Sit back down. I tell also the guy said he's going to look into it. I sit back down. Five minutes go in. No change. No change. <laughs> Another action sequence happens. This time it's Miles Morales jumping around doing stuff. I can't hear this. And so now I'm at the point where Alice is like, should we just leave? And I'm like, and now I'm just, ir- you know, you get that point. You're like, yeah, let's leave. Yeah. So I get up and I go back to him. I go, dude, you didn't fix that. And he goes, oh, well, I checked everything and everything's fine. And again, the problem is I'm the only one who's gotten up. Everyone else, there's someone behind me laughing at a joke. I go, you can hear that? What are you laughing at? I can't hear anything. So I go out and I go, look, man, I'm not. And again, and what I didn't want to do was pull the, Hey man, I work in movies. I know how this works, right? Because you, know, I just don't want to be that guy. You don't want like, to well, pull one of those. Do you know who the fuck I am? <laughs> I'm like, I watch enough movies, and the thing is, I was standing outside, right, and I could hear the Little Mermaid outside, right. Yeah. And I turned to him. I go, dude, I can hear that movie from here. I can't yeah. hear that movie that I'm in from here, and I'm closer to it. We're standing outside of the door, so something is wrong. And the problem with New Zealand is that, as a culture, they don't like giving refunds for stuff. Mm. Right? Because if you're in America and you start to raise your voice, hey, all right, no worries, man, I'll get your refund to get you out of here. Because I don't want you causing a scene. Because the last thing I need is for you to find something and for us to end up on the news. So here's a refund, man. I'm so sorry. What do you want? Cash back? You want free popcorn? Free this? Free that? Free that? Just get out. Get out and be happy, right? Because in the States, you can go to the other 30 movie theaters down the street. But in New Zealand, normally there's like one or two. So they're like, well, if you're not going to come to us, I guess you're not going to watch movies anymore, are you? It's like that (laughs) mentality. So I'm kind of looking at it and I'm like, hey, so you you know I'm going to get a refund for this, right? Because I'm not going back in there. I can't hear it. And obviously what doesn't help my argument is that no one else has come out. No one else has come out and be like, yeah, yeah, he's right. This is... Like, something's wrong with the audio. Like, you know, it wasn't like you were building a community of people going, hey, your audio is broken in your movie. It was just me and Alice standing outside. So another guy comes out and looks at it and looks at the audio. And he's like, yeah, I couldn't find anything wrong. But, you know, it might be something we need to check after the after the movie ends and just see see what's what's wrong. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. I was like, I don't really care. And I'm like sitting there for like five, ten minutes. I'm like, I don't actually care about you fixing this thing anymore. You just need to give me my money back. So at the end, he's like, oh, okay, 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 yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get you a voucher. Like, and again, it was kind of like, like, we shouldn't have to argue about this. You're going to refund me my money. <laughs> so he goes out, gets us two vouchers that expire in, like, August. He's like, oh, you got to use it by August. And it's just like, okay, fine, like, whatever. Because normally that movie theater is good. But I sent you a message that was walked out of Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. And the movie looked great. It looked like it was about to be an experience. And I couldn't hear it. So still not seen it because the next movie theater to go to is a little further away and things have been busy and planning for trips and, you know, like just don't have time. So there's a good chance that I'm, again, next when we review this, it's going to be when it's out on video on demand because I went to actively see it. And that's probably the first time I've walked out of a movie in a long time. Like I'm trying to remember. I can't think of the last time I walked out of a movie because there was a technical issue. 
Because normally Damn. you'll stick through it, and then someone goes back there and twicks a thing, and then you go back and complain afterwards. And or you know, there's someone standing out there going, "Oh, thanks for watching the movie. Sorry, so, you know, sorry it was messed up in the beginning. Here's a free voucher for the next movie." Right? Like normally that's how it works. Like they try to take care of the customer, even if yeah. like the first ten minutes is messed up, they fix it. Or they, I've been in movies where they pause it and go, "Hey, sorry, everyone, we just got to recalibrate the thing quickly. Give us five minutes, we'll start it over again." And then when you walk out, they give you a free ticket. You're like, okay, cool, sure. It was inconvenient. It was a little weird, and I've got a story to tell. But now I got a free movie to go see. I'll come back. But this, it was like no one seemed to care that the audio was busted, and everyone else was just sitting in there watching it like nothing was wrong. So I'm curious. I wanted to wait there and be like, wait for everyone to come out and go, how'd you find a movie? Did you, could you hear it? Or did you just sit there and not say anything? Because it's the Kiwi sensibility to not cause a scene. But I was like, nah, 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 nah. Nah, not for this. Not for you this. could have started the uprising. That could have been the beginning. I could have, but you know, I didn't want to. If it was me by myself, maybe. But I, I, I didn't want to be an embarrassment <clears throat> to those with me. <clears throat> Damn. Well, so yeah, so that's my media therapy story for the week. I've seen the first twenty minutes of Into the Spider Verse, and I don't really know what they were saying. But yeah, so there we go. Cool. Well, I haven't seen anything. I've only played Zelda. Um, I got a cold. That was fun. Which is great, and it's great timing. I'm really excited because shit, man, six days. I'll be on a plane on my way. <clears throat> I'll be there. I'll be in Japan. It's gonna be great. I'm gonna see you there on Saturday. It's gonna be good stuff. Should be good. So yeah, that's short short one. So you can go skate, and then uh, we'll what this po- podcast is on hiatus for at least a what three weeks a month. A month? Be uh, four weeks. Next time we record, we'll probably be on the twenty, like the twenty first, twenty second, something like that. Yeah. Cool. All right. I'm be crazy man. I got. I'm going to be all over the place this this summer. A lot of stuff. This is the beginning. Found out I'm going to be in Germany at the end of August. Then I'm going to be in. Uh, then I'm going to be in Seattle, the beginning of September. I'm. Uh, I'm, I'm making moves. Making all moves. over the place. Making moves. But you know what they all say? Right, if you're well, not, uh, as as Gary Widow would say, if you're not making moves, you're standing still. Said either get busy living or get busy dying. Exactly. You know who said that? Jesus. Jesus said that. <laughs> That's right. So what do you think? Over under uh, in one month. It's quick bets. Russia's still a country? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Russia's got enough money to buy off enough of these guys. <laughs> They'll be good. All right. What about that Wagner guy? Is he uh, alive or dead? Dead. He's dead. dead. Uh, any, any more submarines go missing? No, that's it. We, we we regulate the heck out of it. All right. Right on. I OD on matcha. In Highly Uji. likely. Highly likely. Okay, fair enough. Catch, well, catch COVID? Either of us catch COVID? Knock on wood? No? No. No, that's not going to happen. Nope. We'll be good. Yep. All right, well, all those answers and more when we're back in about a month. Um, he's abroad.com. Subscribe. Review. All that good stuff. Until next time.